Hi everyone, welcome to the Blue Sky Podcast, Two Pints of Lager and a Spreadsheet. I'm Dave Gibson, I'm here with my co-founder John Dudgeon. Today our special guest is Martin Avison, the founder of Angel Groups. On this week's episode we'll be chatting about people, people and people. And fishing. And to finish off with what angel investment's going to look like in 2023. So, Martin, how did that uh, little lad running around in a school playground, skinning his knees, turn into the founder of Angel Groups? Oh, good Lord. Uh, I, I suppose really as a little boy, uh, uh, quite energetic, but I have two elder brothers and a sister. Uh, so uh, you, you always wanted, as the youngest, you always wanted to kind of shine and make a mark. Uh, so I always felt like I had to push and excel at everything because they'd already been before me and already done it, so to speak. Uh, but I, it, it certainly wasn't athletics or anything like that, Dave. I, it wasn't running around a playground that got me anywhere. It was I'm very much more of a person that sitting at a desk and doing things that gets me somewhere, usually in the main. OK, that's cool. Although you're from the heart of cricketing country, aren't you? Oh, cricket, no. No, I am sorry to you and all listeners, but cricket is not something... Fishing is my passion. Yeah. Uh, absolute been fishing mad since I was about seven, eight years of age. And, uh, yeah, go every year, fish matches. I'm just crazy on it. I absolutely love it. And I like rugby. Um, even though I'm from Leeds, I do support Leeds United in a fashion, but I'm, I'm not even... I like rugby as a, as, a, as a sport and fishing, but yeah, cricket, I've, I've never understood it. <laughs> I think I think fishing's a wonderful sport, though, isn't it? You you sort of sit there and like the mindfulness that you can go through, and 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 I guess it's kind of relaxate, relaxing, but then with the uh, added thrill every well, I don't know how often do you catch a fish? <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was fishing in a match the other day, and the club professional was opposite me on the other side of the lake and uh, I thought should I not fish I'll just sit and watch him because I'd learned so much anyway I didn't I fished and he caught 758 pound of fish in five and a half hours that's 2.3 pounds of fish a minute (laughs) I mean that is superstar performance (laughs) because I caught 250 pounds and thought I'd done well (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, wow, you know, how on earth can anybody perform? So, uh, no, I tend to take, and maybe this is a, a, maybe just maybe a sign of my character. I do very few things, but I try to excel at the few things I do. Yeah. Even even as a pastime, I take it really serious. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's maybe been a failing to a certain extent, uh, because I probably just need to go and have more fun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I just take everything serious, rather. <laughs> but we enjoy it. I go with a group of us, and we we enjoy the competition element of it. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I never realised until I said that maybe I am quite competitive. I've never thought of that. Well, I guess um, any kind of founder has 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 got that to some degree um, in them. Otherwise, you know, why would you <laughs> go through the pain and grit of starting a business and? You know, all, all, all the fallout that that 
um, entails. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Angel Groups now and then then kind of what's the journey to get you there? Oh, well, we've uh, we're a, we're a, we're a big angel network now. Uh, we've got maybe over a thousand members. Uh, uh, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest in the UK. Uh, and we've really focused on I wanted to make a difference for businesses. To me, it's not just about the cash. I think that they think it is, but it's finding that right person who can mentor you, can support you and can help you on your business. I mean, we were having a little chat before the call and just how important it is to have people around you that you can bounce off on ideas. And, and, and somebody that's invested, somebody that's giving you time, uh, <clears throat> they add so much value. They add so much value and they can just stop you making the mistakes that you made. I mean, I, I had a mentor years ago, uh, a gentleman called Peter Shakeshaft. And Peter was the gatekeeper for Archangels up in Scotland. Uh, and he got me. It was largely transformative in my journey on angel investment. Uh, and he's passed away now, bless him. But he was a fisherman as well, which certainly helped. But I always remember a little thing with Peter. He, he was chairman of Clydesdale Bank's uh, business banking division. And I remember going into his office one day and uh, I'd written a report on something for him to review. And I went into this huge palatial office and I opened the door and, and he threw this report at me across the room uh, to hit me. And uh, I, I bent down, pick it up and he says, don't you ever send me rubbish like that again. And it wasn't as polite as that, believe me. Uh, he says, and get out of my office. So I picked it up and I shut the door and I knew he was smiling at the other side of the door. I knew he was giving me tough love. Yeah, I, I, that's what he was doing. And I didn't have a problem with it. And I read the report and I thought to myself, oh, I've made some silly mistakes in it. Formatting, I, I hadn't checked it before I'd sent it. And I just... And the, the value of having somebody that will push you to your extremes when you need it and then put the shoulder around your arm, you know, the arm around your shoulder just to give you a little bit of encouragement at the at other times. So, no, it was really good, really good having that mentor, having that support, somebody there to help you. I've, uh, I've had quite a similar story, actually, from my younger days when I worked for Gardner Merchant. And... I was summoned to a meeting with a guy called Ian Carslow, who was the, the worldwide um, FD. So this is a guy who had his face on the front page of the Financial Times. And that so was him. There was Charlie Cole, who was the uh, UK FD. There was my boss. And then there was kind of little old me, just almost straight out of shorts and school uniform within there. And we, it, they, we were kind of looking at how we'd summarise information. In other words, do a board pack for him and this is back in the 80s when stuff came out on big computer uh, printout paper so we said we, we get in his get in his office and he starts off he's got this pile of computer printout paper in front of him he must have been about six inches tall this this, this report and he starts off he picks it up he says every month i get this on my desk in his broad glaswegian accent he says every month i get this on my desk it's a pile of effing crap and threw it over his shoulder i thought hmm, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> Um, brilliant. You get people who just kind of shock you out of your complacency in a way and, and drive you to the next level. Absolutely. And and that's that was one of my motives for setting up uh, an angel network, really to support uh, founders. I was 
I was tired of seeing founders kind of get to the end of the journey and then not have the biggest glass of wine in the par at the party uh, because other people have done it. And I just thought there's got to be a better way. There's just got to be a better way. So that's that was the reason for kind of setting it up. But to get to that stage and we've got huge aspirations even now, uh, for, you know, we've, we've managed to get. I started this six years ago with one angel in a Starbucks, cup of coffee and a pen. Uh, and I told him what I was going to do and he laughed and he goes, well, how are you going to do that? Uh, he says, how are you going to get it to be this biggest angel network? So I, I kind of laid it out for him. I says, well, that's how. Uh, and because of previous career jobs, roles, well connected, it just doors opened and I just made it happen. But now we're on the next iteration of our development and uh, it takes me slightly out of a comfort zone doing some other things that I've not done previously. but. It's what makes life interesting, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, if you're going to progress, you've got to get out of your comfort zone from time to time. Otherwise, you're treading water and watching other people go past you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's true as an individual as, as everything else. Um, so you talked about support um, and having a support network. Do you want to dig a little bit deeper into that for us, Martin? I think it's always important. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I've got a very, very supportive family uh, around me. I've got a, a, a great friend I've had since I was the age of five years of age. Just having people around me that uh, that don't that just give me a cold. That just say to me if, if they don't agree with me, just tell me. Uh, and I like that. Uh, I'm that kind of person anyway. I, I don't need people to dress it up. If, if people don't agree with something, I'd much rather them just say it just makes so. And I'd, I'd implore others uh, around you. I get so many people come to me with ideas and they'll say, oh, my family think this is great. My mum's told me it's wonderful, you know, but, and it's just like my best mate says, yeah, 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 great. But they're not doing you a service. What you need are people around you who are going to challenge you. You know, OK, the concept seems good. But what about this? Have you considered that? And you need those people to challenge you. I've seen too many stories uh, of, of founders coming to me, uh, literally in tears at the other side of a desk, having spent half a million of their own money, remortgaged their own house to do something and never once even spoken to a customer. Yeah. <laughs> and you think to yourself, how has somebody allowed you to get there? You know, why has somebody not stopped you and said to you, you know, no, 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 look, you know, you, you've got to stop this. You, you, you got to, you got to speak to customers and find what they want, and you know, have that chat. But uh, I, I would say that to me, getting that person around you early, and having well, people around you just to support, and which you can provide in reverse. You know, it's it's not a one way street. Uh, but just having people that you can trust, but who know you well enough to be honest. Yeah. 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 We, we, we all need that. And yeah, when we're chatting beforehand, we're talking about, um, so, you know, as a founder, um, it can be a very, very lonely place. So first of all, you do need that support network. Um, and then, um, secondly, in particular, you need, you need people who, if you've done a good job, tell you, they'll tell you you've done a good job as well. Yeah. So it was like who motivates the motivators. I, I think from an investor's perspective as well, if you've got that founder who is part of a team and 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 has that network around them, I think you're going to get comfort comfort from it. 
um, because you're not just investing in one individual, you're investing in in a business, and and that's that's more than one person, isn't it? Yeah, uh, what investors are looking for is they're looking for somebody who's open to that suggestion that yeah. will that will be that will take a, a piece of advice and a piece of support, not somebody that's just completely dogged and fucked. I mean, you know, I'm 58 and I still have people around me that I go to and, uh, and lean on uh, for advice and support uh, because we've all trod a different path. Yeah. We all have that different life lens. Uh, so, yeah, it, it really works to get them, but it's also good to be open, inclusive. Unfortunately, in my younger years, I didn't. I probably thought I was uh, better than what I was. <laughs> I maybe didn't quite appreciate that. It took a little bit of age and humility to realise that you don't know everything. Uh, and when you get to my age, you realise you know very little. But I know I say it to my eight-year-old son all the time. I'm kind of like that person who thinks to know knows it all doesn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's that that that's his little sort of motto that he takes into this in, in, in the playground and I just think it stands you in good stead for the rest of your life if you're open to learning and 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 understanding you know the next step and you know that old change curve we live in such a such a I guess volatile and uncertain time anyway don't we and change is just coming at us thick 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 and fast and you can't go in with that fixed mind, mindset the speed yeah. of change is unbelievable isn't it yeah yeah it is. yeah you just got to uh, um, look at Liz, Liz, Liz Truss in the last uh, uh, couple of weeks, don't you, in terms of how quickly you can change your mind. But I, I guess one of the good things that came out of that mini budget was around um, angel investment, wasn't it? Around SE, it, SEIS it, particularly. It, um, it, it was. It certainly helps. Uh, uh, you know, we, we were encouraged by that. What they've not done, unfortunately, is they've not. Uh, the EIS was only ever due to run until 2025. Uh, and right. they've not announced anything with regards to that continuing. Yeah, I, I get a lot of uh, information through from the, the British Business Bank and from uh, the UK Business Angel Association. I can't imagine it not going beyond that time. We've managed to carve ourselves out as a competitive uh, in the competitive landscape. We we are the place in Europe to be for developing tech and high growth businesses. Uh, and that tax regime is a critical part of that. So I can't imagine they'd want to lose that status by doing so. But they may change the rules. They may tinker around the. Who knows? Yeah, I think uh, I, th I think uh, our friend Quasi has uh, said that he's open to um, extending EIS beyond 2025. Um, but you know, of course, it depends on the next chancellor by then, doesn't it? It does. Which, yeah. uh, it feels like it possibly won't be him. Um, but you're dead right. Um, so um, one of our clients, Simon Bird of Revlifter, who, who we interviewed in an earlier podcast, is Australian. Um, his his idea grew in Australia, but he came to the UK specifically because of the SAIS and EIS mm -hmm. um, landscape and the fact that it just made it easier to, to, to get investment. And 87% you know, of all deals in the UK. Yeah, the SEIS or EIS. I think what's interesting, I speak to you know founders and co-founders, and they all know about SEIS and EIS. But then you speak to other individuals around your network who you know have got probably a nice pot of money in their bank. Yeah, and and they don't know about it. You know, it's almost no, the, the the angels of tomorrow. Uh, um, 
don't know about it, you know. And it, um, so, do you find that a lot? I mean, how do you attract your your members? I suppose, and those one one thousand people. Uh, a range of different sources uh, that come to us through LinkedIn, through connections, yeah, uh, professional connections. We part. We do a lot of work with private banks. Yeah. Uh, uh, professional firms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and angels bring angels. Yeah. Uh, it, it amazes me at the end of a pitch how sometimes somebody will say to me, well, do you know something, Martin? This one's not for me. But my mate I play golf with, he's champion. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, it, it, and it constantly happens like that. It constantly yeah. happens. But it, it just on the point you mentioned there, it also never fails to surprise me when I have conversations with these people who've not done angel investment, that they're astounded by the tax regimes and the benefits. Yeah. They just never come across it. Yeah, they just don't know. So uh, I think there's so many individuals who maybe have been in a career or, or whatever it is for so long, but they're, they're just frustrated entrepreneurs. And actually, angel investment and SEIS is a really good sort of entry point, isn't it? Of uh, of kind of joining joining a team and like you like you were saying before, being that mentor and that and 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 helping the founders. Um, not necessarily being a hindrance to them. Uh, angels, a- angels want to give back. Uh, they want to help, uh, yeah. and it's a key part of why angels become angels. In fact, I've got a number of angels who's, who've said to me, Martin, you know, I don't do it for money because if you gave me another three or four million, what would I do with it? I'd just open the cupboard and throw it in with the rest. Uh, you know, I do it because I'm bored. I do it because I need a purpose. Uh, and I've got restrictive covenants as to what I can and can't do because I was cashed out from a previous job. I'm driving my wife crazy because I'm at home and, she, you know, she's not she's used to me being at work six, seven days a week and do it. And I, I've got to get out of the house and do something. So it gives them a sense of purpose that the business really is helping uh, the founder do some, something. But it's all about good, which takes me on to a nice little uh, I remember, I remember years ago, I was uh, I was running a physical pitching session over in Hull. Uh, and every time I used to go over to a different city to do a pitching session, I'd always catch up with certain people. So I, I phoned this particular founder and I said, you know, hi, mate, how's it going? He's been wanting to pitch for ages, but hadn't got round to it. He goes, oh, it's not good, Martin. And I says, oh, why is that? And he goes, well, he says, I've got no money in the business account. He says, I've got no money in my personal account. He says, I'm going to be evicted in two weeks. And my wife's left me. I went, oh, cracky, mate. I says, that's that's awful. I says, uh, give me 24 hours, I'll come back to you. So I sent a message out to the uh, high net worth people across Humberside. And I says, right, I says, one of ours, I didn't say his name and I didn't say the business. And I says, one of ours, an entrepreneur, I says, has hit a bump in the road. I says, and I explained, I didn't say what he did, didn't say the company. And I, I said, he's going to get evicted. He's got no blah, 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 blah. Within two minutes, my phone went. Uh, Hi, Martin, uh, it's Anthony. Uh, he says, uh, get him to come and see me tomorrow morning. I've cleared my diary. He says, for him, he's chairman of a group. He says, uh, Get him to come and see me nine o'clock tomorrow morning. I says, yeah, not a problem. Phone went again. Uh, Hi, Martin. It's Dave. He says, uh, 
Martin, he says, I have 368 properties in Hull. He says, tell him he can live in one of those three for the next 12 months. If he wants a job, he can start Monday. He says, just pick up a phone, get him to ring me. He says, I don't want him homeless. Says, yeah, not a problem. Following morning, he goes to see this chairman and this chairman didn't even know his name. Didn't even tell him his name. He says, right, he says, uh, he says, Martin's told me your predicament. He says, I'll start off by giving you that. And he handed him a check for 10,000. He says, you can have that on me. He says, I don't want you homeless. He says, uh, he says, I've been in your situation before. He says, as a founder, he says, awful. He says, and people came to my rescue. He says, I'm coming to yours. He says, no, he says, now you're not. He says, I can't do anything about your wife. He says that. He says, my skills end there. He says, but he says, let's sort your business out. And he ended up putting his business in a corner of his manufacturing facility. We found the angel and then we had really supported him. Now, that was angel investment in the extreme for me. The guy didn't want anything back, didn't even want his 10,000 back. He just wanted to help. That's an absolutely cracking story. And I just, uh, and I was so proud of him to do it. And I phoned him up and I asked him why he did it. And he just said to me, uh, uh, he says, because I can. He says, because, he says, 10,000 to me. He says, years ago, it was everything. He says, and nowadays, I'm fortunate that it's not. He said, so I was pleased to help him. That's great. It's, I mean, it's great. Um, like you say, when you when you're building your career, when you're building your business, you only do it through the help of other people. It's never 100 percent you. And when you're in a position to give back, then, you know, realize that you are um, and do that. I think there's so many ways it doesn't necessarily involve giving. No, it cash, but it's, it's giving help and advice and support. Yeah. And, and and steerage is uh, is absolutely brilliant. And I don't think any of us would be here today without, you know, without kind of stepping on the shoulders of other people. Um, as as we came along, um, kind of thing. Um, so as we've already alluded to, the um, economic outlook is um, rather exciting at the moment. Um, shall we say? How do you feel that might impact on um, the angel landscape in 2023? Will there be more cash available? Will there be less cash available? I think the thing is, it's people with money still have money. Uh, uh, whilst people, uh, uh, you and I might look at our gas bills and think to ourselves, OK, well, we'll reduce the heating. We might do whatever else and we'll manage it carefully. We've got others who probably won't, or even slightly more unfortunate, that have just got to turn it off completely. And that's a sad state of affairs and a t terrible indictment on the world uh, that we, if we get to that stage. But these, the people that from an investment point of view, they're at the other end of the spectrum and probably don't even notice that much. Uh, but they've, they've not been born that way. Mm. <laughs> you know, they, they've, they've earned that. They've worked hard to get there. And a lot of the founders I speak to will become those investors of the future. So I think the money's there. Uh, I, I think the, probably the reliance more on equity depends on what British Business Bank do. Uh, with other funding mechanisms, but uh, the the problem is, is that equity is the you, it's the only game in town when things tighten up. When lending tightens, yeah, uh, then it's harder for these earlier stage businesses to go out and get debt facilities. They just they can't they, they can't prove serviceability. They just can't yeah. service the debt. 
So therefore, equity becomes more of a show in town. And if anything, it just becomes a little bit more. They, they've got to be a little bit more generous with their valuation. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was speaking to someone earlier in the week, and I th- that that was exactly their their comeback as well. That there's still plenty of um, uh, money available for invest investment. It's just the valuations are going to get uh, scrutinised more. The multiples are going to be um, sort of tougher. Um, the follow-on rounds are going to have to be backed up by you know real revenue, <laughs> if you like, yeah. or actually with we've delivered on what what we said we were going to rather than we haven't type of thing so um there's definitely there's definitely the the appetite for investment i just think it's going to get you know it's going to get a little bit tougher for for people which arguably is not a bad thing i suppose yeah <laughs> it's something respect. angels have always got to be mindful of because it's not just a question of the first round yeah uh you know if if we give you the money to get you from here to here but then if debt and other funding options are, are, are not as available as they were previously, then you're coming back to us yeah. for a second round, for a third round. And, you know, it's a question of, you know, how do I feel about going on that journey? Because once I'm in, I'm in. Mm. You, you can't, it, it's hard to, to get out. and it, Well, you don't get out. <laughs> uh, you know, so once you're in, you're in. But uh, it's the... We we just got to adapt. We're all entrepreneurs. We just got to adapt to the market that we're in and the conditions and work with it accordingly. But exactly. great businesses with great ideas will get funded. Yeah. Um, I guess that brings us back to change uh, again, which is a topic that that crops up um, regularly. And I think um, you know founders and and the team just need to be not not just ready for change, but to to help drive change as you go forward and and that's got to be the same in the funding landscape as it is in you know developing your new app or system or service or product or or, or whatever so yeah well we've we're doing quite a step change at this moment in time and uh i i won't get into the detail because i'm trying to keep my powder dry within the industry but we've reached out to a number of people uh that were almost to become our own co-investment ecosystem. Uh, and because, because we're such a large angel network, people are always coming to us looking to co-invest. So we've decided to pull something together with using technology, bringing in a number of stakeholders and really rolling it out across the UK. But that takes us <clears throat> into a separate, almost software-related business now. And that is not something that we've got experience of. So again, you're pushing the boundaries. You're trying to, you know, it's you're no longer. I'm I'm really comfortable in, in dealing with investors and and uh, working with supporting founders. But then all of a sudden, well, you know, you you're going to become a B two B software solution, and it's like, right. <clears throat> well, you know, I've spoken to many founders about B two B software solutions. But it's that ability to be able to change and then you've got to look at your people and the team and the skills and everything else that goes along with it. And then, yeah, I was down in London with one of my mentors on Friday last week and, uh, you know, he, he was giving me a call. Mine, this is what you've got to do and you've got to step away and I want you doing it. And it was like alternative perspectives. It was great. But 
we've all got to get used to change. It's change is a constant thing. And for some people, and for those that easily accept it, great. But you've got to appreciate that others don't. Uh, and th th they can't, for them to change from this to this overnight is, is really challenging for some people. It is really challenging. And it's an appreciate which members of the team can make that journey easily and which can't. And you've just got to be able to manage and deal with them accordingly. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a different mindset, I think, to um, where a lot of the, a lot of people have been in the past. Um, that's for sure. Um, apart from uh, running down one of the biggest, if not the biggest, angel group in the country, and setting yourself up as a B two B software founder, uh, what does Martin do in his spare time apart from fishing, of course? Uh, yeah, do you know, I still don't get as much spare time as I want. I spend as much time as I can with my good lady wife uh, because uh, I cannot begin to tell you how important your partners are. Uh, you've got to take them on your journey with you uh, every step of the way because they, they support you. They lose holidays, time. They just they spend they have to spend evenings alone because you go to black tie dinners and functions. and uh, It's a commitment on their behalf. It's a silent commitment. Yeah, but it's a huge commitment. So, uh, time with the kids. I'm a granddad, uh, so it's nice to see the grandkids. Uh, great to go fishing. Uh, I don't drink, but it's still good to go down the pub from a social point of view. Uh, but, yeah, I still probably work six days a week. Yeah, but that's just the nature of the business. You both nod, but it's the nature of the business, isn't it? You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get away from it sometimes. Hard to get away. I guess um, uh, you know. I guess you know. Like, as with any founder, there's uh, there's some flexibility in the way you can um, spend your time. I always used to say you can work uh, you can work whichever eighty hours a week you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, I'm doing a little bit less than that now. I must I, I must I must admit. Um, yeah, I'm like that. And we you know we we're cutting down to that in Blue Sky Pit for the team. It's like you know if, if you got meetings, you got meetings. If you got you know deliverables and deadlines and you meet the deliverables and deadlines but you know around that then if you need a couple of hours out to go do this do that then you know just let your line manager know and that's absolutely fine and there's kind of some some kind of blurred boundaries um around it um okay um so where do you see yourself in five years time uh you tired uh, sharing uh, different organisations, hopefully, uh, around funding, growth, mentoring. I, I used to uh, chair the Prince's Trust up in Scotland. Mm -hmm. uh, really enjoyed that, helping supporting early stage companies, mentoring. Uh, I, I started out life as a, uh, as a graphic designer, as an illustrator. Uh, my claim to fame was I illustrated Charles and Diana's wedding stamps. Uh, so I'd actually like to get back to doing a bit of drawing, uh, if uh, the old eyesight permits. Yeah. Uh, uh, I quite enjoy that, so uh, uh, I'd get into doing more of that. Uh, and being a granddad, you know, taking the kids out, spoiling them rotten, then giving them back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there'd be somebody else's problem. Uh, there's uh, somebody then. else's, yeah. Yeah, I, I love... Um, uh, one of my privileges is I work with a lot of clients who are um, who who um, similar age to to you two guys, and 
and when when that question gets asked and, and uh, say, oh yeah, five years time, I want to be retired. And then ream off the 25 things they're going to be doing <laughs> in their retirement. Now, and it's like it's and then I'll go out to the pub with my mates who are in their early 40s and they'll turn around and say, where do you want to be in 10 years time? 50. I want to be retired. And, I want, and, and what does that mean? Oh, I'll just be on the golf course. And you're like, no, <laughs> no. Well, I'm going to say, well, Martin, what, what, what you said just sounded like a change of career, not a retirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, I, I think you've got to keep that busy when you retire. And yeah. uh, as all my investors say to me, they're retired, but they can't believe how busy they are. Yeah. It just, it just, it just never stops. Just never stops. But how it is it's how it is and i think um you know that i'm being mentored here it's brilliant thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> and it's all free what can we say exactly <laughs> okay i'm conscious time's moving on now so i think we've time for one last um pearl of wisdom from you martin so if there's one bit of advice you've got for our audience what might it be now you see i thought about this because there are so many things that I would say that people need to do, but I know you wanted me to give one. Uh, uh, if, if it came down to anything, I would say focus. I, I think it's so easy to get distracted by noise, by other opportunities and things coming into your orbit uh, uh, in so many different ways. Uh, you, you've got this big vision uh, as a as a founder, as, as an individual of where you want to take something. And it's so easy to get sidelined, distracted. That's not to say that you can't pivot and you can't because the markets change, situations change, competition changes. I understand that fully. But I see so many people trying to climb 10 ladders uh, at the same time and you know two years down the line they've got to run one or two on ten ladders just just get rid of the nine just have the one and, and just get up to rung eight rung nine just get up there just climb the thing uh, and you will be known for that specialism that knowledge that insight uh, and it just helps you as well with your marketing spend with your team with your skills because everybody's focused on the same thing. And the power of teams and everybody being focused on that same thing is, is yeah, for me, it's everything. So whilst I know you're limiting me to one, but focus, focus to me. You can have a second one if you like. You're going to give me a second, second one. Yeah, why not? Uh, <clears throat> people. Yeah. Uh, people that deliver results. Uh uh, if if I've got a, just a short little anecdote I can give you, uh, it, this is what got me into angel investment years ago. Uh, I was raising money. I used to be group sales and marketing director in a very big print group. It was bought out by a VC, didn't want to do that, went out consulting and basically showing companies how to grow and scale. Really around the sales effort. Anyway, I was I quickly realized that, that I was putting huge strains on cash flow. Because the quicker you grow and scale, the more goods, products, services, people and everything else you need. And it was like, you're going to have to address the funding aspect of this. Anyway, I got involved with a couple of businesses, started raising cash, 
joined the board of one of them, ended up in a pitching session in Edinburgh. 15 guys in a room, each of them giving us £100,000 each. Scottish Enterprise matched it, £1.5 million. So anyway, I did the pitch, and I'm doing the pitch because I enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, and we've got the great and the good in the room. Uh, the chairman of Scottish Widows, Lloyds Bank, uh, some really highly influential people. So we get to the end of the room, somebody raises a glass of wine and they said, we're in. They'd already scrapped, they did it slightly different in Scotland. And uh, you gave them all the information beforehand and then you go to a pitch, which was slightly different. But anyway, uh, they raised a glass and said, we're in. So I went up to the governor of the Bank of Scotland, Bill, and I said, Bill, thank you very much for your money. And he says, not a problem, Martin. He says, tell me, what do you do? And I says, well, that's a fascinating question, Bill. I says, uh, do you often give £100,000 to somebody without knowing what they do? And he says, all the time. He says, and I guarantee you this lot won't know what you do either. So I went round the room, got back to Bill, because I said, I'm going to have to find out, Bill, you're going to have to forgive me. So I came back to Bill, slightly worse for wear, about two hours later, because I was drinking wine with everybody. Anyway, I got back to Bill and I said, OK, Bill, you're going to have to help me, please. I says, what just happened? I says, we've just raised three million pounds and only two people have got a vague idea what we do. He says, that's easy, Martin. And we were a fintech type company. And he stood with my, with my back to the wall and looked at the room. He says, and you see them? Captains of industry, they were. He says, there's not one of them that understands technology. He says, and there's not one of them that doesn't understand people. He says, you've got a grade A team. He says, no matter what comes at you, we believe that you will sort the problems and make this a success. So that goes back to my focus and it goes back to people and team. It's people that deliver results. You can have the best technology, the best idea in the world. Yeah, but you've got to deliver it. Yeah. Comes down to your people. That seems like a most awesome story to finish the whole conversation on. <laughs> uh, totally agree with that, by the way. Like, if, you know, if, if there's one thing me and John have learned on our uh, 15 or so year journey here, it's, it's people. We're a people business. We're working with people and, and you guys and institutional investors invest in people. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Martin Avison, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Martin. That was great. Yeah. No, my pleasure. Really enjoyed the time, guys, and thanks for the opportunity to talk to everybody. All yeah, the best. No problem. No problem, Martin. Thank you very much.